0: to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast.
1: Wrapping up another big week here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, Chip Patterson joined by Barton Simmons and we are missing the other piece of the syndicate Tom Fernelli uh, out with an illness he might pop up like a flu game Michael Jordan but for right now I'm sitting here holding his five pack of locks Barton we've uh we've we've been able to carry carry the show before but uh, but I do feel like the syndicate's missing a piece right now
0: yeah i I hope he doesn't screw up our mojo um we we had a positive week last week, right?
1: We did have a positive week, and we have reached a point in the season where uh the entire syndicate is at zero or better thanks yeah, to your boy go. all right, so to review Barton started at plus ten and missed on auburn the lock unity. Uh, takes a tumble hits on a and m hits on Boston college great call on Boston College Boston College of course getting a straight up win against Louisville uh, a push on Florida State so no effect on positive or negative and hit on West Virginia so I've got you plus two uh, at three one and one so plus ten for the season plus now plus twelve for the season Tom so
0: oh, go I, ahead I I actually did an audit I think I might be plus eleven,
1: oh, really? instead of plus
0: twelve. I think there was a. I think I got an extra win there somewhere.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: so, may, may, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'm at plus eleven. Um, so just controversy. To, just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but hey, that, so I want if if there's anybody going back and checking our numbers in the year, we'll, well, let's go with the plus eleven. Just to make sure that uh, that I didn't steal a win somewhere.
1: All right, I mean I've got them all. I've got them all on this one pad. I will certainly go back. Oh, and, you do?
0: Uh, okay. Well, then go back and check for me at some point, and then. But but all right. For now, we'll we'll just call it whatever you want to call it. We'll we'll move on.
1: Okay. Um. So yeah, I've got you. loss Auburn. Win AM, And Win Boston College. Push Florida State. Uh, win West Virginia. Tom, loss on Auburn. Loss on UCLA. Hits on Wyoming. Hits on the UConn Temple under and miss on Kansas State. So that's a minus one for the week. He is starting to fall back towards net zero, now at plus two. Chip, loss, at Auburn, loss with Auburn, hit with Arizona State, miss on the NC State pit over. That one hurt me. Uh, hit on Georgia Tech, plus six and a half, and hit on Texas, Oklahoma, under 65, Shout out to no points scored in the last seven minutes of that game, which means a plus one for the week uh, gets me to
0: net zero. It's all about the process. Just oh. stay, stay, stay with <laughs> it grinding. one time at a time. I think Fernelli just doesn't want to come on the pod and face the music from when I warned him how bonkers that UCLA-Arizona game was going to be and that that was a scary game. And, uh, in fact, it kind of bit him. Yeah,
1: that that I don't want any part of an Arizona game, <laughs> no, or UCLA for that matter. Because because uh, Arizona's got it maybe at Cal this week, and we can we're going to talk about like you know funny lines and interesting ones that were that are not our locks. That was one of the ones uh, where I was like, oh man, you know could uh, could could cook up some way to like is this going to be when the backup quarterback no longer has the surprise factor and the the seasoned defensive coordinators come in with the game plan to stop it. Is Cal right. the team that's going to be able to do it? Uh, I didn't end up adding it to my lock, but that's uh, that's certainly a below-the-radar game I'm going to be fascinated to watch.
0: Yeah, I'm far, far away from that one.
1: <laughs> All right, well, uh, Barton, you had a great week last week. Let's get us started. Uh, lock me up.
0: You're locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming
2: Come get these locks, five
0: star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover. All right, uh, this week's um, kind of uh, message uh, was that I am I'm basically crammed this morning. Like I feel like I'm the guy that like I'm, I feel like I'm back in high school. There's a test. Uh, you know, the week got away from it and get to study as much. And and I before the pod, I've been like crunching numbers this morning, trying to make sure I like my pick. So I've got six this week. Um, the first one. I'm going to go with is one of the high profile games of the weekend, Michigan, Penn State. Yeah, I am going to go with the underdog, Michigan catching. What are we at? there is it nine and a half right now yeah i think uh, that
1: we i mean that's one of the things for uh for the cbs sports expert picks we got to maybe pick it at the beginning of the week at ten and a half but I'm, i was seeing it at nine and a half this morning
0: yeah so guy, i wish i was picking it at 10 or 12 and a half or something but right now it's at nine and a half so i'll take it anyways uh give me a little piece of the action in the big 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 uh, primetime game and here, here's the my thinking on this is Everyone's down on Michigan right now. Their offense is struggling. John O'Korn is, is looks a little bit lost. Um, they they barely survived against Indiana. But uh, you got to remember here, like this is a huge spot for Penn State. There, it's a whiteout game. Um, you know, they've this is the first real test that they've had all season long, and <clears throat> I think this is just going to be a a, a big game atmosphere it's going to be everybody is going to bring their best everyone's going to bring their a game and i i really think michigan given their struggles offensively people have have suddenly kind of written them off and and that defense is still so good and there's still if you look at kind of what they've been able to do offensively a lot of it is still kind of you know inability to finish drives um, you know, turn inopportune turnovers. Like they, they still is a team. They're still a team that can move the ball on you. Um, they've just it's just been a little it's been a little ugly. Um, so I, I think that they go out there now. All of a sudden, as a uh, you know, literally as an underdog, but also kind of with that underdog chip on their shoulder, put together a really good game plan, uh, grind out a few points. I think Penn State wins the game. But I think Michigan makes it close, and I think this in this big game atmosphere, it's just a close game throughout. And if you look at the spread, look, it's it's what, a 40, 45. 45. That's, I was about to
1: point that out. It is real easy for an underdog to cover if the over-under is spot on when you're looking yeah. at 45.
0: Yeah, you're going to give me about 45 points and tell me that, that's, that there's going to be a 10-point difference within that? Um, I, you know, I, I like, I like my chances there with a, with a double digit dog. So I, I would maybe, um, you know, I know we, it's hard to, it's hard to factor in extra juice in our numbers, so I can't really buy the hook here, but I would, I would recommend buying it to 10 and taking Michigan. I, I think they show up and, uh, and, and have a, have a strong showing in, in state college and, and lose, but lose by three to six points.
1: Can I think that Saquon Barkley is one of the best football players on the planet, but also believe that uh, his impact in some of these games is probably not – it's probably more like two to three plays than me thinking that Saquon Barkley is going to be able to run over any kind of defense the caliber of Michigan's?
0: Well, it's just his his style is like a – it's a big play style I think with him as you're holding your breath every time he touches the ball like he, every screen pass every swing pass every handoff he could go the distance with and I, he could go the difference distance against anybody including Michigan but yeah like when you look at the what he's done he doesn't just pound out you know like Jonathan Taylor does for instance in Wisconsin where he's just sort of grinding out yards like five yards he doesn't yards.
1: Yeah, yeah like there was uh I thought Northwestern did a good job of keeping Barkley in check and then he breaks loose on a 58 yard touchdown run Finishes right. with 75
0: right yeah, I, I think that this this I mean look at what Penn State's done this year like they've not been they've not put together a complete game really, and they haven't really played anybody, and so you're going to tell me that now the first time they play somebody, they're going to have that complete game and blow them out. I think they win again, but it's just it's I have too much faith in Don Brown uh, to limit Penn State scoring, and while I think Penn State's defense is is legit. I, you know, I, I just think Michigan is due to figure out a way to score some points. And not that they're going to go off, but hey, 20, 23 points, you know, 23 to to 27 type of game. That, I mean, that's sort of what I'm thinking.
1: I mean, if you want to catch the undersweats, go under 45 in a game with Saquon Barkley. Like, <laughs> like be watching on ABC in a huge big game atmosphere with the place going crazy when the score is like, what, 23-21, and you're just slot, sitting right there on that under? And then but I would
0: roll under. I'd be a lot more comfortable in under than over. I mean, this is like a 21-17 type of game. This is... It's it, like the Iowa I, I game. Be,
1: this, is, this is very much like the Iowa game.
0: I'd be shocked if, if either of these teams touched 30, you know? Oh, and, hell uh, yeah. So this is... This is um, yeah, I mean, this is, I feel like this is going to be an old-school physical game. As, as, as much as Joe Moorhead's offense likes to to, to go downfield and, and look for big plays, they're going to be hard to come by against Donnie Brown.
1: All right. Um, this one coming from Tom from the Big 12. Oklahoma State going to play Texas. Tom's going Texas plus seven, and this was a game I think I pitched to you or to you and Danny um, I know earlier this week we kind of mentioned it. Um, I I wanted to stay away from making this game a lock because actually of your take that this might be a a, a Texas Longhorns team that might be running out of a little bit of steam. Drained. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's a scary pick.
0: Yeah, you got you got. Uh, look, I I, I I we we talked a lot this week about Texas. I really like this team, but man, they're coming off of a close Thursday night game against Iowa state before that, a a emotional game against USC, Kansas state double overtime, Oklahoma and all that that entails five point loss. And now you got Oklahoma state coming into town and they're kind of refreshed after just whooping up on Baylor. I, I am, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Oklahoma state by choice either, but if you're forcing me to, to pick the game i i I like the oklahoma state bet side better just because of of man that's a that's a pretty brutal run texas is on
1: all right well we have talked a lot about texas so for oklahoma state uh reading the press conference quotes and uh some of the comments coming out of stillwater during the week you know they this is the big stretch for them you know they've got texas this week they go to Morgantown to play West Virginia the next week, and then the week after that is the Bedlam game against Oklahoma and Stillwater. Oklahoma State, as a college football playoff team, is going to be decided in the next three weeks. At, like I sense, again, just from following up on uh, some of the press conferences, some of the player quotes, some of the assistants, and uh, Mike Gundy, I think there's a lot of confidence right now with the Cowboys. And I don't, you know, I think that... In terms of a playoff profile, if your only loss comes uh, to TCU, another team which is you know continuing to play strong in a way that's only going to make you look better, I I am really interested to see this Oklahoma State team, a team that I kind of feel like fell a little bit below the radar ever since uh, they squeaked out the win. Uh, against Texas Tech. Like we were we were looking in on Lubbock trying to figure out what was going to happen, but that Baylor win was great, and I don't think I paid enough attention to it on the Saturday as it was going on.
0: No, I mean that was a that was a there were twenty five point favorites or something there. And in our expert picks, I picked Baylor and I was thinking about the Oklahoma game. I was uh, I felt pretty good about it Like Baylor should, you know, they've got some athletes they can score some points. Um, and I didn't watch that game, but I, I watched the, the score creep up during over the course of the day, and um, they didn't break a sweat. And so this is – I mean, they, they, when when this team is in a groove defensively or offensively, they're, they're pretty tough to stop. And I'm just looking at like – I mean, to, to Texas' credit, no one really – I mean, Kansas State – got to, what, 34 points and double overtime and, and, and did the, what Kansas State does and grind out some yards with the quarterback run game. But, you know, no one has... The, the Maryland game is looking like an anomaly right now. So after that Maryland game, no one really has moved the ball really effectively on Texas. So I think that's, you know, you can pin your hopes on this Texas defense might, in fact, be really, really good. And maybe they can slow down this Oklahoma State offense, but uh, I don't know that I've. uh, You know, I I just I think that's a lot to ask them right now.
1: Um, All right, so Barton, Michigan plus nine and a half. Tom, Texas plus seven. Chip, he's uh he's going to start out going down to an ACC matchup, a former Big East rivalry.
2: Close your eyes, visualize this. (laughs) You're in the Carrier Dome. The house is filled. The feeling is electric. The noise is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special team that has been well coached. You have an offense that, that does not, not huddle. Not huddle. <laughs> and you have a game that's faster than you've ever seen on turf. Open your eyes. That's going to be a reality. That's going to be Syracuse football.
0: Yes! Yes! Excuse me while I go headbutt a wall. Yeah, dude, get
1: hyped. (laughs) Syracuse! Plus seventeen. I'm nervous about this because I think that this is one of our uh anti public line movements. I think that people are coming in hot on the orange after beating Clemson and after Miami's close uh after Miami's close win against Georgia Tech. But I don't care. I gotta ride with Syracuse.
0: Yeah, there is some this is fourteen up to almost seven. I didn't realize it was up to almost seven. I thought it was like last time I just saw it midweek it was like fourteen and a half. Now it's seventeen almost um with only 37% on Miami. So that is the only thing that scares me about this game because I agree with you. I I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to say Syracuse pulls back to back upsets, but I mean 17 points? Yeah. That's a this is I don't think this is a bad Syracuse football team that got lucky. I think this is a good Syracuse football team that had a really good game against a better team and I think that they're going to be energized down in in South Florida, um, yeah. I, I, this is uh, it's hard for me to back Miami here.
1: Yeah, I I don't see um, I I see this as a, a a direction that that wasn't a spike and that wasn't Clemson. I I think that Syracuse, if if Syracuse gets blown out of the water, it's because something went horribly wrong with Eric Dungey in the offense, right?
0: Right. Yeah, I which don't. Is, which is possible, yeah. Because the, but I mean, if you can neutralize that, that um, uh, Clemson defensive front, then you should be able. I mean, Miami's really good too. But then, if you can neutralize Clemson, you can neutralize anybody. And so, I think that they've got another good showing in them. I think this is a ten-point win for for Miami. You right. know, Just sort of like they did against NC State and like they did against LSU. They they hang around that that range. And they keep on doing that. They they sneak up and beat someone like they did against Clemson.
1: I uh, yeah three thirty. I just I see the I, I see this. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I think that it is – final score and like you know Syracuse. Let's let's be honest. Syracuse defense not uh, not the uh, not not a top five defense.
0: By no, any stretch but of the
1: imagination.
0: The, they're an athletic defense though. Like they run and 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 hit you and chase and pursue, and like I would be a little bit concerned about them if they're playing like I I don't know like a Michigan State maybe or or a Notre Dame. Um, I don't know that that's Miami. Like I don't know that Miami is is that team that's going to pound you and just run it down your throat. And I think that's where Syracuse is more vulnerable. Um,
1: the one thing that Clemson couldn't do when they were trying to avoid taking that loss in the Carrier Dome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Uh, all right. So, Chip,
1: Q's plus 17 for Chip. Barton, back to you.
0: All right. Let me go. I'm going to stay. I'm going go to I'm gonna go to Starkville. Um, Starkville, Mississippi. We're playing. Let me see. What time is that game? Late afternoon four eastern um i i like mississippi state here laying
1: 11 and a half.
0: 11 and a half. um i'd i'd like it better if it was down at 10 where it opened this is some reverse line movement. 86 percent on kentucky lines move from 10 to 11 and a half towards mississippi state and I, I just think kentucky is one of the Kentucky's a fraud to me. I ah! hate to say it, Kentucky fans. I hate, <laughs> you know, I know. I, there's people, like, I saw some tweets this week about, like, oh, if, if Kentucky wins this game, they could be looking at 9-1. and one. It's like, okay, well, first of all, they, they haven't won this game yet. And second of all, that's a, yeah, they have winnable games left with Tennessee Ole Miss Vanderbilt. Uh, but, like, there, there's no reason to think that they're going to make that run. And then, obviously, Georgia's going to beat them at the end of the year. I just think, they they're skating along here with a win over Southern Miss that they you know they really got outplayed they got outgained in that game um, you know South Carolina they sort of caught South Carolina slipping a little bit they got them overconfident I think Florida um, you know they that they actually should have won that game uh, but Eastern Michigan played with them um, was as physical as as. You know, as, as they were. I just think this Kentucky team, is they haven't really beaten anybody, and, and I think their 5-1 record is misleading. I think Mississippi State, on the other hand, is actually a, a legit football team with playmakers on both sides of the ball. And I think Mississippi State plays a lot better when they're in Starkville, uh, got those cowbells clanging. I, I think Nick Fitzgerald and that Mississippi State offense gets in a rhythm, and I don't see Kentucky being able to move the football much. I, I, I like this game, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, twenty-seven to ten type of game uh, with Mississippi State rolling. So I, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the Bulldogs.
1: The uh, Mississippi State's the the right choice there, and I am guilty of it. I contributed to it. I just my argument on video this week was that the Mississippi State Kentucky game was one of the more uh, qu- like quietly intriguing games in a kind of sleepy SEC slate. Where the SEC game of the week is will Tennessee not lose by 40? You know, when uh when you're looking yeah. around and you're like, all right, well, does Arkansas have anything left? Like Missouri's playing Idaho. The, when, when you're looking for intrigue, uh, I was definitely pointing to Kentucky in a in a circumstantial uh situation where it's like, all right, well, if Kentucky wins here, then things get interesting. I have never felt confident enough to uh to lay much on the line for this Kentucky team. I was well, rooting for them against Florida, but that was as a selfish human being, not as a college football expert.
0: I mean to that point, like it is an, it's still an intriguing game because it's still a five and one team against a four and two team. And, and it's a good
1: defense going up and, against a very good rushing attack with Nick Fitzgerald and, and Arius Williams.
0: Yeah, and and if Kentucky does win, then yeah, that's a that's a fascinating team. But to this point fraud <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm on i'm on the fraud train right now
1: all right mississippi state minus 11 and half. michigan plus nine and a half for barton tom's got texas plus seven um okay the, the let's just go i, I got to get to this one are you gonna throw central florida ucf minus seven and a half
0: hell yeah
1: oh hell yeah damn are I you ch- on it no i should that would have been the lock unity but i i i got scared off of it because of the hook
0: you just wanted to, see, but you just wanted to go ahead and, and force my hand and, and give me to talk UCF.
1: Well, I mean, if if I'm going to mention Tom's UCF pick, then
0: oh, is he is he on so Tom's on UCF? Tom's on,
1: yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's his. Oh, okay. He's got Texas plus seven, UCF minus seven and a half as his top two picks in order of confidence.
0: Um, yeah. So this actually, I, I like UCF more when they're like, uh, you know, twenty one-point favorites you know when they're seven-point favorites against a, a a good navy team like that's that's i feel like that's a little bit more of a scary line but i i've decided i don't think ucf's lost yet this year against the spread um i've i chickened out last week because of the 35 point number against east carolina which was which was stupid i should rolled with it that was a layup uh, left left money on the table. Not going to leave money on the table anymore with UCF. I've seen it at seven. Are we going to get it at seven and a half? I, I'd I'd love to get it at seven if if uh, if that's uh, acceptable. Let me see. Yeah, I've seen it at seven right now.
1: All right, <laughs> S- seven as the uh, seven is what it's going down as.
0: Yeah, I, this this game. Look, so what I do sort of my process is i i look at all the lines and i go i, I go down and sort of see where the the hunches are and then after that i circle back on those hunches and i kind of dig into the numbers and make sure i'm not missing anything uh statistically this one the ucf navy game and then you know then i go through check the lines and check the check the public and that kind of stuff but but Long story short the UCF Navy game I just I'm, it's just time to blindly play UCF <laughs> I mean that's, that's that's my process right now is UCF is going to cover unless it's a 40 45 point line UCF is going to cover and and that's 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 my principle and it doesn't take any any big data for me to figure that out. Um, I'm going to keep on riding UCF until they uh, until they prove me wrong.
1: Yeah, I I'm all about the principal plays, especially at this point in the season because the noise can can get your eyes distracted. It can toy with you. You need to be able to stick to your guns here.
0: I like and it. Scott Frost has been playing quarterback this week on the scout team. Oh. Gotta like that. Oh. Gotta like that preparation.
1: That's awesome. The option, the option master out
0: there doing the greatest it, greatest ever, yeah.
1: dude. All right, so here's here's what uh, makes me feel confident Na- in your pick. Navy's defense is bad. Navy's Navy's defense is going to get out athleted several times uh, during this game. I'm man, the the flow of this game is going to be fascinating, isn't it? Because UCF does like to be able to get into a rhythm and one way to combat that rhythm is to sit on the rock with long right. drives. That's right. I think I think that honestly, I think UCF is probably 10 points better. And I think that stylistically might be one of the only places that brings this point differential back to the point where you're looking at like a 7 to 10 point game.
0: Navy's going to try to slow this game down. No question about it. If if UCF can get a couple of stops and because I don't, I still think that offense is just—they're gonna roll, man. Like they're gonna get their points. It's just a matter of how many touches are they gonna get. And if UCF gets a couple stops, um, you know, precludes Navy from being able to just eat up clock and, and and slow the game down and actually forces Navy to score with them. That's, that's gonna be—I don't know how Navy can keep up. So yeah, it's—it's it's, this is really about UCF's defense. It's just can they limit Navy? Uh, to a couple three and outs and and let their offense get rolling.
1: All right, I'll keep it in the American Athletic Conference. I'm going Tulane plus eleven and a half. Home dogs against I like South that Florida. Pick.
0: Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I almost had that as one of mine and I, I scratched it late, but but yeah, I'm I'm with you. For Talk starters
1: with Tulane, I think that you know Willie Francis got that offense rolling. I mean that we're not going to see them blast any other teams this year like they did Tulsa. Uh but in terms of uh trying to find when a coach and his new team. This is almost like I might call it the, the Dino Babers light bulb theory. You know, you start to see when things start to settle into place, when a, when a team starts to get what needs to be happening, particularly with a scheme, like what uh, the green wave are going to be doing on offense. I don't, I don't think South Florida wants to play this game. I mean, this is a night game down in Yulman stadium. Um, We're talking about a South Florida team that is better that is the front runner. And at the same time, I don't think South Florida is the best team in the American athletic conference. And I'm not going to say that. I don't think they're good, but I certainly don't have confidence that they're going to go into a spot against a tricky uh, and potentially very potent two lane -lane team and be able to comfortably walk out with a two score win. If it is a South Florida cover, I will predict that it's like one of those late covers where Quentin Flowers scores on like two big touchdown plays in the fourth quarter. I bet this game is tight for most of the game, and there, is a, there I don't know if there's going to be a chance for an upset, but I think I should be feeling good about this cover. Again, unless there's some crazy explosive play when they're like trying to kill the, kill the clock or something.
0: <clears throat> I I would be interested to know... I don't know who's got these numbers or, or where you find this, but I would be interested to know if anyone has played a worse schedule to this point than South Florida. San Jose State, Stony Brook, Illinois, Temple, East Carolina, Cincinnati. There's not a decent team among those. Like, there's not an average team. There's not a me. They, they, they are all terrible teams. And San Jose State, I watched that game um UCF didn't look good I mean it was like a it was like a close game at halftime um they may even been down at halftime Stony Brook uh barely beat Stony Brook Illinois not pretty they 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 ended up covering on that game that was their first cover of the year you're still scarred
1: from watching the Bulls in the hospital room too. Temple
0: (laughs) I mean that that was look there was that was all Temple ineptitude nothing about that was USF dominance um, and then, you know, East Carolina's horrible, Cincinnati's horrible. So this is truly the first competent team South Florida's played all year. It as you mentioned, it's it's on the road at night. You know, Tulane got tripped up last week against FIU, probably looking ahead to this game. This is their Super Bowl. I I think that look, I the reason I laid off it is exactly what you were talking about. Like I it's just it's you know, UCF is capable of scoring so quickly that i could just you know it's just a little scary to see if yeah it would be a, late. A,
1: a seven or ten point game becomes a 14 or 17 point game because of like a uh, missed tackle or quentin flowers just seeing like 40 yards of open space tucking and taking off
0: right but i i still yeah i i really like the pick though I'm, i mean i would i would 100 be on Tulane over the usf side
1: all right let's talk about the sec on cbs game of the week do you have a, a lock angle here
0: no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> do, do you? No, I don't, but Tom has Bama
1: Tennessee over 50 and a half.
0: Interesting. Uh yeah, I could see that.
1: You cuz you're just betting on Man. Bama being able to put up 42,
0: right? Right. Right. Yeah. Man, that's a yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, this is who knows who knows what's going to happen in this. one? I mean, obviously other than the fact Alabama is going to win, is Tennessee going to at some point you know can't doesn't tennessee have a good showing in them do they not i don't know their defense is playing okay i think it was uh, georgia tech but that wasn't a good showing because they their defense is horrible that game i right, see so you like, took
1: tennessee against the spread
0: too I, I picked tennessee to cover here right uh and i guess if you get like if tennessee can get if tennessee fourth, gets two
1: touchdowns cover yeah, should feel good that
0: over is good yeah or the cover should be good too um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, to it just like the Georgia game. What was the score of that Georgia game?
1: Forty-one um, nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, if if Alabama just, I mean, because that's what happens with. I mean, Tennessee's defense played pretty well against Georgia, but they just couldn't get the, the offense couldn't keep them off the field, and they they wore down in the second half and just th- the piled up. So um, that could happen here as well. I I wouldn't touch this game any part of it. Uh, but I don't hate that over.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, I would be nervous about the over if it is like 41 to nothing and Saban calls off the dogs.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's very real shutout potential here. (laughs)
1: Like I, I think that, uh, I, I think winning 31 to nothing or 35 to nothing or shoot like 24 to nothing would be perfectly fine in Nick Saban's book. Right. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, do you think, did you factor in uh Nick Saban calls off the dogs situation or do you think that he's in such a ruthless mode that, uh, that he would just drive, just drive this in for Tennessee?
0: I don't think it's possible to call off the dogs. I mean, I, yeah. You, like you, I like I, the dogs like, are too hungry.
1: There are too I, many hungry dogs to the call, dogs call them are off at Alabama. Yeah. They're just,
0: they're too big that you, know, you can't like, how do you call off dogs that enormous? Like they're, their backups are as good as their starters uh, they're as talented as their starters like their their run game is they've got their fifth their fifth string running back is probably an all american anywhere else in the country <laughs> like it's it's insane it's insane and so n- no i that's 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 something i never worry about with alabama is is them like not punching it in late because they just they'll do it accidentally um <laughs> you know yeah so, yeah yeah I just don't know. I just can't. There's just, I just can't trust Tennessee, good or bad. You just don't know what you're getting.
1: All right. Uh, okay. So Tom's in for UCF minus seven, Texas plus seven, Bama Tennessee over fifty and a half. Barton's got Michigan plus nine and a half, Mississippi State minus eleven and a half, and UCF minus seven. Barton, what's your next lock?
0: Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's see. I'll stay SEC for this one. Actually, let me go with ACC for this one. Keep it, keep it relatively high profile. Um, I'm going to go Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, and I'm going to take Wake.
1: Yeah, it's a good pick.
0: You know, I guess. What like, do you, what do you want to lock it in at? By the way, <sighs> are you at what seven if, I mean, and a half? Seeing, eight? No, I'm not. I, I think. Are you seeing it that high? I'm seeing it at seven. S- is sort of the standard
1: what's yeah,
0: seven yeah seven uh six and a shoot, half, seven. Oh, yeah i've seen it at six now too shoot i don't even know so let's call it six and a half okay split the difference all right so six and a half um you know i think this wake forest team is really good defensively i think that they have jay solville to me is he was really good at minnesota i think he's like as as much as I like Mike Elko, I think he he was a really hard defensive coordinator to replace, and and I think they found one of the few really good defensive coordinators that was available that could actually live up to that task, and they've they've looked great on defense, and I think that this team is is too good to to go over in all these sort of you know close uh, ACC matchups like i think this is a team that can beat good football teams this year like they don't have to just feast on the boston colleges and the app states and the utah states anymore i think this is a team good enough to beat someone they played florida state close they played clemson close Um, they're coming off a bye week so they've had two weeks to prepare for this georgia tech offense Um, and georgia tech is coming off a brutal loss to Miami I I just think that this Wake team is 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 good enough to to make this a really close game I think they can win it whether they will or not I, I think they're going to keep it within six and a half
1: John Walford also starting to get healthy again he's back uh, yeah, yeah though Dave... I'm not
0: really even worried about that because their backup quarterback Kendall Hinton. has. The, yeah yeah Hinton's athletic and they're sort of a different team with him in so I think both of them can do it but as long as that defense is 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 still running and defensive line up front Duke of is is really good. They've got they got dude. Their defensive
1: uh, back play has been sick,
0: for right? And like I think you four have to years. have really good defensive back play against Georgia Tech and fitting the run game and and tackling on the perimeter and and I think they've got guys on the uh, on the outside that can do that.
1: I'm with you. That's a good pick. It's not a lock for me, um, but that's a that's a really good pick. Wake plus six and a half. I'll keep it in the ACC too. I never in my wildest dreams when I imagined all the different scenarios going into this year, thought that Florida state Louisville would be so insignificant. Have we, has anybody talked about that game?
0: Uh, very, very little.
1: I, am I'm going Florida state minus six and a half. Let's go revenge game at home Cardinals. I don't, I, I don't see, uh, I don't see Lamar Jackson shredding this defense like he did a year ago. Um, I, th- I think Louisville's defense is bad. And I think that, um, as, as you mentioned before, like at some point, the light bulb's going to go off for Florida state and James Blackman has been getting better and better as the season has continued. Auden Tate, the James Blackman to Auden Tate connection is, uh, awesome. It is wide open and it is working. And I think that as he continues to get even more comfortable with, uh Nyquan Murray and Jimbo's passing concepts I think that I think Louisville's absolutely there uh to get picked apart I I don't think Louisville's rush defense is good enough for Cam Akers um I like Florida State by 10 here
0: between these collectively between these two teams there is one against the spread cover one (laughs) one week two Louisville and North Carolina is the only time either of these te- two two teams have beaten the number, um, so something's got to give. I've been on. Let's see, I was on Florida State. You're a dude. You pushed them last week. Pushed them last week, and then I picked Miami the week before. So uh, this would be the second straight week I'm on Florida State again as well. So I'm with you. Yeah, uh, that's one of my locks. I like Florida State in this game because here's the one thing you got to remember: if there is an a Lamar Jackson antidote out there, Derwin James. It is Derwin James, and that just absolute dominance last year was without Derwin James on the field, and not that he's can account for 40 points or whatever the final score differential was, but he would have totally changed that game, and I think changed the pace and the flow and the momentum of that game, and and I I'm not convinced it wouldn't have been a really close game had he been had he played so derwin is 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 sort of out for uh retribution like he's going to want want to um show up yeah and and i'm with you too like i think that florida state is going to continue to improve and i think they've got a they haven't scored like they're they're not scoring very many points are they one of the
1: only teams in the country that hasn't scored 20 points this year i think there's like three teams in the country that have not scored 20 points and they're one of them
0: they have scored or twenty one or twenty four, something like that. They've scored no more than twenty six. Okay, but I, I, I've heard some stat like that too. Like I, yeah, they're they're like one of the only teams in the country that's only scored twenty six or something like that. Um, so I, I think that they get it figured out. I think their run game is starting to get it figured out a little bit. I think James Blackman has a has his best game yet. Louisville's defense can't can't uh, help out Lamar Jackson enough. I'm with you. I'll take uh, I'll take Florida State, and I've seen that number at seven. Uh, what did you have it at? Six and a half. If you want to give me six and a half, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: all right. So our VI consensus is seven, and we're split. Six and a half at Westgate and MGM and William Hill.
0: I will give a six and a half then if if, if the people out there can get it at six and a half. Great. But I'd take it at seven too. Um,
1: All right, cool. Let's uh, let me tell you, there's a, there, there's a new man rowing the boat and no one's more happy to see that than Eastern Michigan because uh, what did Gary call it? Ypsilanti high.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Eastern Michigan, pretty good defense. Uh, they've uh, they've shown up and they lost three in a row to Western Michigan. This game opened as a pick'em. Western Michigan getting some early action, spread moves in their favor. Man, give me Eastern Michigan plus three at home. Rivalry game, breakthrough moment. Let's go <laughs>
0: Uh ballsy pick. Um, I mean I I agree like Eastern Michigan is is Better than their record. Like, this is a, they're what, two and four?
1: Yeah, and they've lost by like five, two, one, seven. All low yeah. scoring, close games.
0: Beat Rutgers, lost to Ohio by a touchdown, lost to Kentucky by less than a touchdown, lost to Toledo, a really good team, by less than a touchdown, lost to Army, a solid team, by one point. Like, this is a team that's close. They're really close. The only reason I'm scared of this game is I just, I think Western Michigan is a pretty good team too, so uh, I I am uh, I, I, I'd be scared to take it, but I, I think Eastern Michigan certainly looks due for a to show up and, and finish on one.
1: I mean, this is uh, what what did Gary say? Eastern Michigan was every bit of Kentucky. You know, one team's two and four, one team's five and one. I don't see a difference. Let's go. let's go eastern michigan i hope i are they uh i hope they wear the all gray uniforms on the gray field
0: yeah yeah you know just uh ohio state's rocking the gray this weekend
1: Ooh, nice um
0: you know make it uh make it another Midwesterner. yeah i I, look um good best luck to you uh (laughs) enjoy, enjoy that grind uh, that that strikes me as a back and forth game, and I, I hope uh, hope Eastern Michigan has the ball last and, and, and wins it.
1: That's uh, going for the stops. All right, so to review, we got Barton, Michigan plus nine and a half, Mississippi State minus eleven and a half, UCF minus seven, Wake plus six and a half, Florida State minus six and a half, Tom UCF minus seven, Texas plus seven, Bama Tennessee over fifty and a half, and the undersweats Purdue Rutgers under forty seven and a half for Tom. Sure, right.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't. I don't have any good stats or takes on that one. I'm sorry, Tom. You're going to fall short for this pick in terms of <laughs> explanation.
0: <laughs> Wait. Did you? Did you just say that? What was this? What was his most recent one?
1: This is his his fourth lock. There's one more left on the board for him.
0: His fourth is what?
1: Fourth lock is Purdue Rutgers under forty-seven and a half.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you. I was. I, I zoned out. I thought you were just reading off his his under Tennessee game. So yeah, so Missouri, he's going under Rutgers, Purdue. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, let's, uh, let's talk about
1: Tom's next pick. Uh, <laughs> Tom's final pick is Notre Dame minus three and a half. I'm not taking a side in Notre Dame USC. Uh, my pick was Notre Dame though. I generally agree with this.
0: I took Notre Dame and I, and I have very, um like analytical reasons why I took Notre Dame. And it has to do with USC being beat up. Uh, Josh Fatu was in, in a car accident, is in concussion protocol. Like that's not a good guy you want out when you're facing p- that offensive line and that run game. Marlon Tui Pelotu has been out for for several weeks now. He's out for the season. Um, Porter Gustin is out. Uh, they're just they're still they're still feeling the effects of not being, of, of playing a brutal schedule and not being able to get healthy and not having a bye week to, to rest up. And they're playing a team in Notre Dame that just basically rested their quarterback last week um, and, and walked you know, had a walkthrough win over North North Carolina. And now they are um, ready to sort of point their guns at the college football playoffs. And this is their first step. I, I, I think it's going to be I think the matchup's favor Notre Dame but here's here's my concern is is just this just I, I don't I don't even know how to articulate this doesn't this just in some ways like does this scare you at all like doesn't this just feel like the type of game USC after sort of you know stumbling through some other wins and you know winning by a by, you know a failed two-point conversion over Utah. Doesn't this just feel like one where USC just just sort of focuses in and, and 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 it comes together for them and they get a big win? And and on the flip side, it kind of feels like the type of game Notre Dame figures out a way to lose. I don't know. I'm scared of this game. I think Notre Dame is better given all those things I said and given the injuries and and the style differentials. But I am very scared of USC just going in here, and winning this game.
1: The biggest question mark for me here is Notre Dame's pass defense. I, I don't know. Like, begin. You mentioned Mike Elko earlier in the show. You know, there's there's a certain amount of confidence that is applied to him and his schemes and the way that uh, he's going to put in place a game plan to deal uh, with USC. It to to double down on what you're saying, like. Does this feel like a game where uh, Sam Darnold goes off after spinning his wheels for a couple games? Like,
0: I don't, he's gonna have one. Like, he's gonna have a, a couple by the end of this year where Sam Darnold just gets stupid.
1: In like seven thirty, like, NBC, Notre Dame Stadium, sure feels like it. Like those the even when USC was like down like quote unquote down, I have to remind myself that even with the exception of the seven and six sun bowl year that ended losing to Georgia tech, all those other years, like USC would finish with nine or 10 wins. Like the down years were still really good teams. And oftentimes I think one of the reasons our muscle memory has us thinking that they would show up is that like, even in those down USC years, the Notre Dame game would be one that would be really competitive.
0: Yeah. 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 And and another, another thing about this game is, like, for Notre Dame, this feels like, all right, this is our opportunity to take that next step, get in the conversation for real. And there's plenty of motivation behind that. There's plenty of reason to show up. But USC, this feels more like, all right, we're backed into a corner. This is a survival time. Like, we were supposed to be in the college ball playoffs. People have picked us to win a national championship. Sam Darnold is supposed to be a Heisman Trophy winner. If we lose this game, not only are we out of this, probably the Pac-12 is out of the college football playoffs. Like we talked about, I just feel like there's a lot of more of a caged animal feel to this on the on the USC side than the Notre Dame side. And on your point with the the secondary, like I think Notre Dame's defensive front has been really good this year. I think their linebackers have been really improved. I think their secondary is still something that they're like hiding. Hey, hasn't has not been tested? Exposed. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think this is a real opportunity for it to get tested, and you know, USC's got the receivers. I, I don't know. Like I, this is a heart pick, Notre Dame, and I'm going to stick with that on my expert picks. But my gut and my like, wait, what did I say? No, this is but this is a, bra- a a brain pick, Notre Dame. But my heart and my gut are sort of telling me Notre or, or USC. I'm sticking with my my Notre Dame pick on the on the experts pick on the site. But I I am. I'm, I'm very scared of USC in the spot and
1: and like even uh, just to get down to the to the line on this. If you're when when you're not feeling great about it, three and a hook, no sir, walk away. That's not yeah. that's that's not that's not lock status for me, not at all.
0: I feel uh, like this is going to be a game that comes down to the final drive for sure for either direction. Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: um, yeah. It'll be uh, it, Sam Darnold driving. Oh man! Yeah.
0: And if it comes down to that, I trust Sam Darnold in those clutch situations a lot more than I do Brandon Wimbush at this point. Um, so I am throwing a lot of a lot of, <laughs> a lot of um, you know reasoning here behind USC, not a lot behind Notre Dame, but and, and yet I'm still sticking with Notre Dame. But um, yeah, man, this is a tricky. This is a tough one.
1: All right, so Tom is locked out. I've got uh, Qs 17, Tulane plus 11.5, Eastern Michigan plus 3, Florida State minus 6.5, and UConn-Tulsa under 75.5.
0: God bless you. (laughs) God bless you guys taking these Tulsa games and Eastern Michigan games and, oh, you guys are braver than I am. Um Talk to me, man. What do you really like about this?
1: Seventy-five and a half is too many dang points for noon at the rent. This game is at UConn. Uh, that is a
0: lot of. That is a big number. That's isn't it? a man.
1: huge number. And like, yes, when Tulsa and UConn have gotten into like the back and forth games, they both have thrown a whole bunch of points on the scoreboard, but it hasn't been consistent enough for me to feel like. Both it hasn't been consistent enough for me to consider these two big twelve teams. Yeah. So I'm seventy-five and a half, principal play, too many dang points for uh what should for an atmosphere that much love to the UConn fans, but for an atmosphere that is probably a little bit more like your kid's soccer game on a Saturday morning.
0: There's going to be a lot of groggy eyes that morning. Like there's uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, there's going to be a high percentage of parents in the stand. Yeah. The players'
1: dads are getting <laughs> coffee and donuts from the, uh, <laughs> from the concession stands. 75 and a half, too many dang points. Um, and do
0: you have a sixth? I've got a, I think, a, I think this is just my fifth, but I have another one.
1: Uh, do, you have,
0: do you have five? I've got, got six. six
1: I've got one more left.
0: But uh, how many do I have? I've got you you down for five. Okay, then i got a sixth. Um, My sixth is Missouri minus 14 or 13.5 or whatever you want to give me uh, against Idaho. Uh, 33% of the public are on Missouri. I'm not sure why everyone's doubting this line. I know Missouri's lost a lot of games, and I know Missouri's not a very good team this year. But neither is Idaho. I- Idaho, Mike. Here's the thing about Missouri: they're going to score points. Um, you know they're, they're one they of score the most points dig- on Georgia. Yeah, they're the only team in college football that scored points on Georgia for the most part. Um, and so I think the the question is, you know, they they're obviously they're they their defense isn't very good. And so I think the question then is, you know, are they going to what kind of Points are they going to give up? Well, Idaho's 87th in the country in yards per play, and Idaho has played not exactly a murderer's row. I mean, that's a, that's 87th in the country playing Sacramento State, UNLV, Western Michigan, South Alabama, Louisiana, and App State. Um, I, I am impressed that they played App State close because I think App State's a good team, but I think Missouri in a home game with a one in five record and just itching to get a impressive win and and, and get feeling good I, I just feel like that they're gonna score a lot of points and I don't know that Idaho is gonna be able to keep up so you know this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse because I don't really love playing games on teams that I haven't watched a lot of and I haven't watched a snap of Idaho this year but I also think that we're underestimating Missouri to a certain extent. Like, this is still a team that can score points, and that's that. That's that. that may be all they can do, but they're going to score enough points to to overwhelm Idaho. And and I'm gonna so I'll take them uh, minus a couple touchdowns.
1: The uh, the Bill Connolly SB Nation Football Outsiders. Um, has one of his uh, important factors and stats is a a measure of explosiveness. And he was pointing out some of the the teams that are able to... uh, The most explosive teams in the country. Missouri's on there. They they can create big points fast. Idaho, Idaho is taking the trip all the way to Columbia. This game kicks off at noon and you're telling me it's not going to open... With a Drew Locke like seventy-five-yard touchdown catch and run,
0: right. And this is like this. (laughs) It's funny to say it, but like this is. There's no like overlooking in this game for Missouri. Like there's no like walking into this one not knowing what they're getting into. They have one win on the year. They now have a two-game stretch. They play Idaho and at UConn. You better believe they're treating these games like. Super Bowls like they need to win these two games they need to get to three wins to head down the Florida Tennessee Vanderbilt stretch and then who the hell knows I mean that's not exactly uh, unbeatable you know those aren't the 85 Bears there they're playing down the home stretch like they can they could conceivably get to six wins and so I think this is a huge spot for Missouri to start feeling good again and get a little confidence down the home stretch I think they're going to take this game very seriously. It's a home game, and I think that they, I think they do their do some good work.
1: Missouri Arkansas in a in a beast of a Black Friday uh, coaching battle.
0: Yeah, because
1: they could win that game.
0: Do they? Do it? Does Missouri play?
1: Missouri's at Arkansas for its regular season finale on the day after Thanksgiving.
0: Really. Yeah. Um
1: So like to to draw out what you were just saying, I was like, wait a second, yeah, you beat Idaho, if you beat Yukon, all right, okay, and then if you can take down like Tennessee Vanderbilt, have five wins going into that Arkansas game, boy, that's a big one for both coaches.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't yeah, I didn't even get to that Arkansas game. So they got if they could if they could beat Idaho and Yukon, and then they're what, three and five? Yep. And then if they win three of Florida, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, that this, this bad Missouri team is bowling. Yeah. And probably Florida is gonna be the C in toughest get out of there. So you could be looking at, you know, a three game three games into the year to to get to a bowl, which is I mean, frankly, it's in the SEC, as bad as the SEC is right now, it's doable.
1: They just gotta get hot.
0: Yeah, exactly. they and and I mean they, they started playing better defensively last year, late in the year. If they just sort of get things heading in the right direction on that side of the ball, the offense is going to get, get you know, they're gonna get some points on the board.
1: All right. My final lock of the week uh for this week eight. It's another it's another uh, set of the undersweats, and I I sought this one out wanting to feel alive. Duke Pittsburgh under forty nine and a half.
0: Whew, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I think about that. I I, don't, I still don't know what Pitt is. I still can't figure out what Pitt is. I mean, Ben DiNucci now is going to be their quarterback. It still seems like that they've got enough talent offensively that they should be scoring some points. Um, You know, do they
1: – I don't know what – I'm mostly going Duke here because I think Duke's offense isn't right. Something's – something's not clicking quite like it was at the beginning of the season um, for the Daniel, Daniel Jones. Daniel
0: Jones going in the first round after he out Clayton Thorson? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, they're, yeah, they're not uh, running the ball particularly effectively. Uh, they're, they're not running that option game that they were hitting on all cylinders. The Duke defense and like, the Duke defensive line is still really strong. I think that Pitt's offense... Is still, you know, a big time struggle. And so as I'm looking at, like, all right, so Duke's struggling to get its offense right. I don't think Pitt's offense has an advantage against Duke's defense. Game's going to be in Durham, early kick, Pitt Duke, regional sports network, you know, your local broadcast. Feels, feels like a good under.
0: <laughs> just, just, yeah, just kind of feels like, um, you know, you can be sitting there eating a, a BLT and potato chips and and looking at the score, saying it, just watching <laughs> like some beautiful punts. Seventeen to twenty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with you, so, yeah. You know, sixteen to sixteen and nineteen, um, yeah. I get the feel of that. You know, that's another that's another type of game. I, I just I'm too scared to play, but uh, that's you're gonna you're gonna enjoy that one.
1: I mean, so it's uh like. Duke's – I don't know. I can't figure Duke out. Three straight losses does not seem horrible until you spot that Virginia loss in the middle of it and you're just kind of trying to figure out what this team is. Yeah. I was talking yeah. like – you know, I was talking like seven, eight wins, a threat in the ACC Coastal, and now you're playing it out down the stretch where they're four and three. And they still have at Virginia Tech at Wake Forest Georgia Tech Army like yeah. they 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 gotta get this win
0: yeah after four0 everyone was like cashing their over tickets on the Duke win total and now um, now things are looking a lot more hairy especially after the Virginia loss and and um, yeah yeah it's uh this is I agree that we've we sort of lost our identity with Duke a little bit but from what we thought they were early in the year.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll be locked in, sweating that one. I'll report back on what the 12-20 uh, kickoff from Durham, North Carolina looks like when, uh, when, when, we, when we reconvene. Uh, what do you have in terms of weird lines or other, uh, any anti-public line movement that stood out to you?
0: I, I didn't get to do my anti public like I said. I was a little bit rushed this week. I didn't get to do my anti public. Um, That's the theme of, of the
1: thing. week was cramming. It's <laughs> yeah, exam time. Yeah.
0: Cramming, yeah. So, uh, but I will say one game I wanted to kind of touch on that I'm I'm very curious about is Ole Miss and LSU. Mm. Like that lines seven points. Like I remember I I declared Ole Miss dead. Like like deader than a doorknob. Like just. After what game was it? Alabama. Um, when it just, they just looked like they were, um, they had quit. Just didn't, didn't have any interest in, in, in making this season, uh, you know, meaningful in any way. Coach and staff has pl- plenty of reason to, to tune out. And then that second half of the Auburn game, they ruined my, my cover, but they showed some life. And, they sort of responded and, and looked more like the Ole Miss team that I, I kind of expected at the beginning of the year, and and then last week against Vanderbilt, look, I I picked Vanderbilt to win that game, I and and I have, you know, don't get me started on Vandy. I mean, they're right, right. they're terrible, but but Ole Miss, hey, they showed some pride. They showed up and they put up fifty seven, and now they got LSU coming to town, and and Coach O is sort of. Needling the Ole Miss fan base a little bit, talking about the whole time he was in Oxford, he was was hope, wishing he was at LSU, and they're playing at this is at in Oxford at night, traditionally under Hugh Freeze, and I know Hugh Freeze is in the coast, but under this sort of era, these guys play so much better. When they're at home at night, I kind of—it's sort of a front-running thing. Like I, I think a great team should be able to show up whether it's a noon kick or a seven p.m. kick at night. But this team is—is is, they show up? They don't show up for those no noon kicks all the time. But at night at home, they show up, and I think they'll be motivated. I think LSU is going to be a little bit feeling themselves after that Auburn win, and Shea Patterson can put up points. I mean, they. I think they'll be able to score points against LSU, and if you're going to force LSU to keep up with you, then I think you put LSU in a little bit of a bind. So I didn't put them as a lock, and in fact, I, I you know, I, I can't even remember what I made of my expert's pick. But the more I, I look at this, the more I like Ole Miss in this in this spot.
1: <sighs> I don't know, man. That's uh, I thought about this game a lot. I think that, nah, you're on LSU. You can put in a switch if you want.
0: And I might, and I might not. Like, I might just keep it. And just, because this is one of those games where it's like, look, there's a lot of reasons for me to kind of have an an old Miss hunch. But, hey, when you get down to it, you know, one-on-one, man-on-man, player-to-player, like, who's the better team? LSU's LSU is still probably the better team. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, maybe I'll just roll with LSU. But I, I, I – there's a lot of there's a lot in me that, that thinks this old miss team has found something, has found some new life, is is coming off that out that Vanderbilt win, coming off that Auburn second half. I mean, they played six quarters of football where like this is this is the way they felt like it was supposed to be. And I I think that they're gonna be really motivated in this game.
1: I, man, they, there's gotta be some confidence. Uh, within the LSU uh, facility for Coach O to be talking like that. They've, they had to have put on the tape and been like, mm, yeah, we got this for him to go to Chris Lowe and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, let's, let's talk about going 3-21. and <laughs> Let's talk about how when I was going three and twenty one in SEC play, I was looking at the other sideline, wishing I was there. I mean, you don't you don't talk like that without at least a little bit of confidence in your team. If you think this is a toss up, you're trying to downplay that stuff.
0: Yeah, but don't is does Ed Orgeron strike you as the type of guy that's like like. Actively tempering his rhetoric, like depending <laughs> on the week. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Like, okay. All right. All like, right, like, all right fair, hey, I'm Coach fair. Joe. Like, oh, hold oh, on. Oh, oh, like, we're we're <laughs> going to get on down there and go tag us. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, it, it doesn't strike me as like super. Um, you know, strategic you're, you're, yeah, yeah, in the yeah, way yeah, yeah, he's yeah, talking yeah. about this. <laughs>
1: I did Yeah. I don't, I don't hire, uh, I don't hire coach O for uh PR strategy, right. for example. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Actually, that's a great idea. What is, we need to come up with a commercial for the Ed Ogeron PR strategy firm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I'll tell you what, I'm with you. I'm not throwing this on a lock. I'm I'm not feeling super confident in it, but I'm looking at the game and uh I'm fascinated. I'm very curious to see uh what I'm probably more interested in LSU than I am in Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is just dangerous enough that it makes it really intriguing.
0: That's this this is the type of game is playing the same time as Michigan Penn State and USC Notre Dame. And if those USC Notre Dame and Michigan Penn State games are sort of grinded out games early on, this is the type of game I'm going to be super tempted to keep on like flipping over and like status checking on that old Miss LSU game even though it doesn't really mean anything for anybody. I just think it's an interesting matchup.
1: Exactly. Uh, and it's probably going to be a situation where all three games are coming down to the wire at the very end. And all of a sudden on the big screen, I'm in Oxford and on the stream, I'm in South Bend.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, all right, cool. Well, He is Barton Simmons. You can follow him on Twitter, at Barton Simmons. We will be back at the beginning of next week so that we can recap all of this Week 8 action just to review Barton's locks for the week. Michigan, plus 9.5. Mississippi State, minus 11.5. UCF, minus 7. Wake, plus 6.5. Florida State, minus 6.5. Missouri, minus 14. Tom's got a 5-pack. He's going UCF, minus 7. Texas plus six Bama, Tennessee over 50 and a half Purdue Rutgers under 47 and a half Notre Dame minus three and a half chip with a six pack Syracuse plus 17. This, that is Syracuse football Tulane plus 11 and a half Eastern Michigan plus three Yukon Tulsa under 75 and a half Florida state minus six and a half and Duke Pitt under 49 and a half. (sighs) I love it. A lot of action.
0: A lot of volume out there.
1: A lot of volume. Shoot your shot. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chip underscore Patterson. Guys, please make sure that you subscribe, review, and rate. Tell your, your friends eyes, uh, so that the Visualize 24-7 Sports this. College Football Podcast the so these locks dumb. can hear, uh, can be heard by the, the nation and the world here. at large. Martin, thank you very much. The feeling
2: Open your eyes. is electric. The noise is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special teams that has been well-coached. You have an offense that will not huddle. And you have a game that's faster than you've ever seen on turf. Open your eyes. That's going to be a reality. That's going to be Syracuse football.